power of your word this morning. I thank you for what you're going to do in our lives. I thank you for the journey that you've got us on. And I pray that there are some practical uh, points that we can do and to appreciate from your word today that will help us to live uh, an outrageously abundant life in Jesus' name today. Amen. Amen. So this is uh, Mind Your Gap Part 3. Um, I was uh, watching uh, a film yesterday afternoon. Um, it was Men in Black Interna- International. Uh, great film, especially now that I heard these three words in this film where one of the characters in the film says, Mind the Gap. I thought, it's, it's got to be a godly film right there. So uh, I was pretty happy with that. And he was actually talking about it when, like, stepping across the, uh, from a platform onto the train. So uh, it's just, uh, for those of you who don't know, a big part of this message has come about because of simply seeing a sign on a train platform that tells you to mind the gap. Jane and I were in, uh, uh, on, a, on holiday last year and we went from Sydney up to Singapore, uh, up to London and then across to Paris and we used the public transport system uh, quite extensively when we were there. Just a great way of getting around. But we did notice that when you were on the platform and you needed to get onto the train, there was this sign saying, mind the gap. There were automated uh, messages that were going constantly telling you to mind the gap because if you fall into the gap, you're in trouble. Just wanted to let you know that. I just thought I'd do my civic duty to let you know that if you're in London or Paris or Singapore and you see this sign and you hear these messages saying, mind the gap... Mind the gap. <laughs> Just mind the gap, all right, because there's uh, some consequences that uh, could happen uh, as you know, a result of falling into the gap. And my, my prayer is that this message will actually empower us all to make wise changes in our lives that will help us to thrive in life, to reduce the likelihood of burnout and of simply being overwhelmed. Psalm Uh, Chapter 90, verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days so that we get a heart of wisdom. Who wants a heart of wisdom for 2020? I certainly do. You know, so we've got to mind or teach us to number our days. In other words, God's saying to us that we are responsible for the time that we have. We are stewards of the time. We are managers of the time that we have. We're, We're keepers or guardians of our time. I'm not sure about this, but I'm no different from you. I have 24 hours allotted to me each day, seven days a week, 365 days of the year, unless it's a leap year. So we've got the same amount of time. I've got exactly the same time to deal with emergencies, situations, crises, with joy, with fun, with laughter, with good times, with going to the movies, etc. We've got all that time to do. So... To, to do, like look after our, our time that's been allotted to us, we need to do what I call mind the gap. Now, the gap is our safety net. It's this margin that we have. If you look at the Bible that you may have, uh, whether it's a hard copy or even uh, on your iPhone or your iPad or your uh, Android device, you see that around the, the, the outside of that uh, particular page, there's a, a gap. There's a, a gap between the words ending and the end of the page. 
That's where we can make notes. We can sometimes run into that gap. We can run into that space or that buffer zone that we have. And our lives, I think, have uh, this gap that we have in our lives. If we continually run into that gap area, into that margin, if you like, that space, that buffer zone, what, we, what happens is we run out of, of space to be able to do anything and, and all of a sudden we fall off the page. In other words, we get overwhelmed. We have these incredible burdens that weigh us down and, and just overwhelm us completely in life. So far in this, this particular uh, series, we've looked at four gap stealers. And we've looked at four powerful things that help us in our lives as well. And you can check those out uh, through our podcasts on iTunes or listen to the messages on our website. This morning I want to look at something uh, different again. And that's minding the gap through a positive no. Everyone say no. 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 Titus chapter 2 verses 11 to 12 says this. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled. Everyone say self-controlled. Self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. So in this Mind the Gap series, and today we're looking at this this part uh, particularly in itself, one of the most important things that we need to learn is how to say no and to say it really well. Really well. Titus tells us that the grace of God teaches us to say no to some things in our lives. Who'd have thought that the grace of God actually helps us to to do that? It it actually helps us to say no. See, as a group, when you're in a group, quite often it's quite easy to say no because there's a collective around about you. You're a part of a group that has a collective mindset, a collective thought pattern, such as the, the rally for life that's going to be happening uh, in a couple of weeks' time, that we, there's a collective, no, we don't want that. It's easier to say no in a collective environment, but quite often it's, it's, it's a lot more difficult to say no as an individual when you're face-to-face with someone else. And I believe that we need to be able to have the ability to say no as an individual, Because sometimes we do find it very difficult to do that. Knowing how to mind the gap and to give a positive no in our lives will actually help us in our marriages, with our our church life, with our work life, with our recreational life. In every aspect of our lives, this Minding the Gap series, and in particular having a positive no, will help us in all areas of our lives. Even children, did you know, you know like they have this ability to, to, to say no. Where did they learn that? From us. <clears throat> they learned that from us. And they, we wanted them to, to not hurt themselves, so we said no. We, we didn't want them to do something wrong or they were going to do something that was against the family values and we said no to them. 
So now our children repeat that word no back to us. However, the reason that they say no is because that they want to test boundaries. They want to stand up in the car when you're telling them to sit down. There was the story, many of you have probably heard it, there's a a little girl gets into the car and stands on the back seat and mum turns around to her and says, please sit down and put your seatbelt on. And the little girl says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to sit down. I'm not going to put my seatbelt on. And mum says, well, you'd better because there are going to be consequences and, you know, there's something that you want to go to next week that you maybe, want, you know, I'm going to say no to unless you sit down. And suddenly the little girl sits down and puts the seatbelt on and she says, mummy, I'm still standing up on the inside. <laughs> Kids learn how to say no. Kids learn how to say no. Having a positive no actually helps us to regain control of our lives and to restore and to protect our gaps, the safety margins that we have, the space that we need, the buffer in our lives. I've got to tell you, we all need this buffer. We all need this gap in our lives so that we can actually navigate our way through life uh, in a way that honours God and does, uh, does helps us to, to live a good life. Have you ever noticed, though, that the older we get, it's, it's, it's a lot more difficult to say no. We, we Somehow, as from a child, we go into adulthood and suddenly uh, we're a, a parent and we don't find it so easy to say no. We suddenly come to realize that saying no can actually upset someone. Maybe they perceive that we are rejecting them when we say no. Uh, and it gets really difficult to, to say no. Maybe in the past uh, we've said no in a negative sort of way. So to mind the gap, we need to have a positive no. And that's what this message this morning about, in the, in the initial part, uh, certainly about helping us to have a positive no. For some, our problem isn't that we can't say no, it's that we can't say no well. You have no problem saying no, but just the way that you do it is toxic. And we've got to overcome in those areas as well. Some of us are in trouble today because we said yes when we actually meant to say no. And now we have not protected our gap, we're overwhelmed, we've got this incredible burden happening with us, and we're in trouble. We didn't say no. And there's another way of saying this as well, that, and no's also not been given in a positive way, maybe because we were scared of saying no. We're scared of upsetting a person or offending someone, so we said yes, but we really wanted to say no. So this translates into so many different areas in our lives where we say no badly and we ended up buying something that we didn't want, doing something that we didn't want to do or going somewhere that we didn't want to to go to. We went into a shop to look at something and we suddenly find ourselves about to sign a contract to buy something that we only wanted to look at because we couldn't say no. So the purpose of minding the gap is to help us say no and to say it really, really well. And the grace of God actually helps us to do this. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness whilst at the same time teaching us to live self-controlled lives. 
The grace of God teaches us how to say no really well. It helps us to disagree in an agreeable way. And we need to learn how to do that. This message on Mining the Gap is to help us to say no, to say it really well. That and no will be the nicest no that anyone's ever had in their lives. That's the intent of this message this morning and also next week. See, saying no is actually an essential element in our lives to protecting our lives. Everything has an inbuilt no built into it. Our bodies, as they fight disease and infections, they have a cellular makeup in our bodies that's called an immune system. Okay? Our immune system is actually a huge gap-minding no that our bodies have. This no doesn't need our permission to be activated. It just happens. It's been inbuilt by God to say no to disease, no to infection, and it sparks up when those things attack our bodies. So God built that into us. It's, it's, it's this built inside of us is this no that we have. It's kept us alive up until now. So we need to learn to say no really well to the things that actually threaten our survival. We need to learn to say no really well to the things that threaten our values, our character, our finances, our health, our sanity, maybe our emotional and mental well-being as well. As an example of that, for me personally, when I'm struggling internally, there are some songs that I can't listen to. I won't listen to them because the way that they are constructed, they, are, they have flat notes uh, throughout the songs, they actually cause me to spiral down. And I find myself unable to actually stop myself spiraling downwards. So I've got to eliminate some of those songs from the things that I listen to. It's just one way that I've said no to actually protect my own mental and emotional well-being. You may have something that's similar, that you find yourself, you may not have even noticed it, that you find yourself uh, just being sucked down in a vortex and it's very hard to come back from. So this means no longer going with the flow or acquiescing to the needs of others sometimes. With the pace and the stress of life today, we find the time and the space to guide our lives, to mind our gap. It gets smaller and smaller all the time. And therefore, our ability to say no must be positive. Every yes that should have been a no creates an overload and it eats into our gap. And now we have to manage an overloaded gap because we couldn't say no very well. We start to lose our joy, our contentment. We lose our peace because we should have said no and it's now eating into our gap. Even Jesus said no. He said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 37, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Jesus said no to his disciples due to their divisiveness, their competitiveness, to their small heart, That didn't include certain types of people. That's why we prayed the way we did this morning during our our worship time. To try and cover the gambit of peoples in our uh, our nation today. 
you know what I want to do as, as a, the leader of this church, as the pastor of this church? I want us to have up on the back wall all the national flags of the people that come to this church. I, I want to put up on that back wall uh, the, the, the Union Jack. I want to put up the Aboriginal flag. I want to put up the flag of Israel. I want to put up the flag of Sri Lanka. I want to put up the flag of New Zealand. I want to put up the flag of South Africa. I want to put up the flags that represent the people here to say to the people that come to this church, we are a multi-generational church, but we're also a multinational church, that anybody from any walk of life is welcome here. This is a challenge for you. As much as I disagree with the lifestyle, how good would it be that we had a LGBT, whatever it is, flag, the rainbow flag? That's a challenge for you, isn't it? Why? Because it says to the people that are like, live like that, that maybe, you know what, you're welcome here. You're welcome here. I don't agree with your lifestyle, but I want to tell you, I'm not going to judge you for your lifestyle. I'm just going to enjoy your company. I don't want you to enjoy my God, and maybe God will speak to them in that moment. That's a challenge. That's a challenge. Cool. We'll see how many emails we get. Jesus had to teach the disciples to say no to each other and to defeat the religious status quo. So Jesus spent time teaching his disciples how to say no to the things that were the enemy to the success of his kingdom and his church. Acts chapter 16, verses 6 to 10, and I'll read that to you this morning, says this. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of a couple of places, uh, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word, having been kept from preaching the word of God in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mycenae, they, uh, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. In other words, he said no. He said no. So they passed by Messenia and went down to Troas. And during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, he got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called them to preach the gospel to them in that place. And as a result of the Spirit of God saying no to to Paul at that moment, Paul was then redirected to go towards Macedonia. What happened in Macedonia, the very first thing that happens was that Lydia in Philippi was saved. An influential woman of that town is saved and we see that God does an incredible work in Philippi. After that, we see that Paul and Silas are jailed for doing the things that they did. And as a result of being in jail, they see an incredible miracle of being released from the jail. But then they see the jailer and his entire household is saved. Now, that wouldn't have happened if they'd have gone through to the other place that, that uh, they felt like that they wanted to go. But because they listened to the no of God, they were redirected and people got saved. And they got their name in the Bible that we read today. I think it's an incredibly good thing that we can hear that God says no sometimes. What do you do when God says no to you? When you're praying for something and God says no? Maybe we'll have a series on that. How do you negotiate that? How do you travel that? How do you work your, 
the issues out when God says no. See, unless we discover the art of saying no really well, we'll never discover the yes that's really important. God wants us to follow a plan that he has. As a community leader, I'm saying no to abortion because I'm saying yes to a child's life. I'm saying as a community leader, I said no to the redefinition of marriage because I was saying yes to marriage between a man and a woman. You see, I need to learn to say no really well because it's protecting a yes that I need to to follow through on. There's a yes behind every no. When we say no to something, we're saying yes to something else. And when we want to say yes to something that's really important to us, we have to say no really well to something that's going to stop that. Warren Buffett, the fourth richest man in the world, has an estimated wealth today of $84 billion. He's identified his ability to say no. Listen, he's identified his ability to say no as the secret behind his fortune. In other words, what he's saying is his ability to say no to numerous business proposals that were brought before him helped to clearly identify the yes to the business proposals that he needed to run with. He knew what he needed to say no to. This morning, do you know what you need to say no to? Have you, have you heard from God about what you need to say no to so that you can follow through on the yes? What are your goals for this year? What is it that you feel God wants you to do this year that you have to say yes to that it means saying no to something else? It's the same with us. Unless we learn the discipline of saying no well, it's likely that we'll fill our lives with every yes and miss the most important yes that supersedes all of the others. Don't get me wrong, I don't want to be known as the no pastor, okay? But I want to say I want to be known as the yes pastor because I need to protect my yes and say no to things that aren't God's best for me or for this church. At the core of our inability to say no well is what Paul Scanlon actually refers to as the power versus relationship struggle. The power versus relationship struggle. It's the tension between my power to say no while still protecting the relationships that I have. As an example, quite often we overdo and know or we will underdo and know. We tend to overdo it by being aggressive. No. What part of no did you not understand? I mean, did you not get it? I said, no. Why aren't you listening? And you get right up in front, your shirt front people, and it's aggressive, and it's, it's not good. It's not good. Or we underdo it. We underdo our no. And people just pretend that we said yes. And we don't stand up for the no. See, minding our gap is about learning how to preserve and protect the things that I don't want to give in on but it keeps the relationship intact and it creates a win-win outcome for us. We don't know how to be assertive without being aggressive and that's a skill that we need to learn. We don't know how to stand on our feet without stepping on someone else's toes. 
Some people will never take no for an answer. And I want to say, that's not your problem. That is not your problem. Some people are over-persistent, they are demanding, and they refuse to take no for an answer. Have you ever answered the phone to a telemarketer or someone that's saying, I'm not trying to sell you anything, but they come to your door, they knock on your door, I'm not here to sell anything. That's not the feeling I get right now. I don't want what you're selling. Oh, but I'm not selling that. They just don't take no for an answer. And we need to learn to say no really nicely to those people as well. So here's three common responses to the tension in the power versus relationship struggle. Three responses to the tension between these two. Number one, this is sometimes, quite often, how we will respond, and it's called accommodation. We will accommodate people. The most common way that we deal with our no is that we accommodate to save the relationship. We say yes when we really want to say no, but we do it because we want to save the relationship. We've all done it at times, and we are probably all going to do it in the future as well. And it's okay, okay? I'm just letting you off the hook right now, okay? So it's, it's how we respond when we're not sure how to negotiate the no that we want to say. We preserve the relationship over preserving our no. We say yes to the relationship at the expense of our no. It's a quick fix. It, it, it's a kind of a yes, but it's not a no. It's just giving in. And can I suggest to us this morning that at its core, it's unhealthy. It's unhealthy. We need to know how to say no well. It, the price of, of saying yes when we should have said no costs us far more than saying no in the first place. It, it costs... Because that yes, it eats into our gap. And if we do it often enough, we're going to be headed for burnout. We're going to be headed for being overwhelmed. And that's not God's best for your life. Secondly, this is the second way that we commonly respond to this power versus relationship struggle, is that we will attack. First of all, we'll accommodate people. And we've all done that. Then perhaps we're going to attack. If accommodation is driven by fear of upsetting someone, then attack is driven by anger at someone. Oh, I'm so angry that you've asked me this. How could you even think of asking me that? What? I mean, no. And we attack someone because they had the affront to actually ask us something. See, what we've done here is we've protected our no at the expense of, of the relationship. Do you understand? Accommodation is to protect the relationship at the expense of our no, but attacking is actually protecting our no at the expense of the relationship. Someone once said this, that if we speak when we're angry, we will make the best speech we'll ever regret. If many of our problems come from saying, Yes, when we really should have said no, then just as many problems are created when we say no 
badly. Proverbs 15 verse 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. See, this is what we need to understand, that being soft or gentle in our answer is not weakness. It is not weakness. But when we are harsh with our words, it actually stirs up anger. So the power of a positive no is not the no said in anger. And the third way that we traditionally respond to this whole thing about the power versus relationship struggle is that we avoid avoidance. First one's accommodation, second one's attacking, the third one is avoidance. We don't say yes, but we also don't say no. Uh, We just say nothing. And avoidance says nothing's really wrong, there's no, no problem with my health, there's no problem at my work, no problem with my family or my relationships or my finances. We are in avoidance mode. And quite often that's called an elephant in the room. It's huge. Okay, There's this huge elephant in this room. It takes up way too much space. It's making a mess. It's loud and it stinks. But we're not going to talk about it. So we avoid it. It's a huge problem for many Christians because we think that the Christian thing to do is to overlook an offense or a hurt or to stand up for our and know. And so we avoid it. We don't address it. We end up not addressing something that actually helps us to grow and mature as people and therefore we perpetuate the, the, uh, the problem that needs to be addressed. We don't avoid those things. We need to address those things. Avoidance is seeing a lion that's stalking you. And like an ostrich, we stick our heads in the sand because we think that if we can't see the danger, then the danger will go away. Have you ever played hide and seek with a child? I mean, you're standing there or you're sitting there and you've maybe got the child on your lap and you go like this. You just hide your face behind your hands And you go, boo, and you make them jump. And it's like, you know, when you've got your hands like that, they can't see you. You're invisible. Hello? (laughs) Hello? (laughs) You're not invisible. And neither are the issues that we need to avoid and do stuff like that with. We've got to address that stuff. We've got to do it because it actually challenges us to grow. It challenges us to to mature as, as believers It's okay as a Christian to address stuff and to talk about stuff. It's where the reality of a good relationship is birthed and we start to grow together where iron sharpens iron. One man sharpens another man, so iron sharpens iron. So we've got to do this as an adult. See, with avoidance, the problem hasn't gone. It's just now been temporarily, internally suppressed. And all it takes is someone, somewhere, at some point to come along and to go with your big red button on your forehead and they go, push, and you explode. Someone pushes your buttons. It might be the person that pulls out in front of you. It might be the child that just does something wrong at the, it's the, the straw that broke the camel's back. And they push your button and everything that you've been just suppressing on the inside, the things that you've been avoiding, overlooking, not addressing, they come out like Mount 
Vesuvius, and they manifest right then and there. See, avoiding the problem will manifest itself in our lives through high blood pressure, through stress, sleeplessness, moodiness, and other physical and emotional ways. So avoidance, as comfortable as it seems at the time, or attacking to protect our no at the expense of our relationships, or accommodating the wants of everyone else, all call for a greater cost to be paid than saying no in the first place. So next week, what I want to do is to give you some very practical, down-to-earth things that will help you to say no really, really well. And I believe that your life, if you choose to put into practice the things that I'll talk to you about next Sunday, will help you to take your whole life to a whole new level. That you'll start to see, it's okay to say no. It's actually okay to say no. See, our gift to each other is our ability to get good at this and to grow at it. It's the one way we mind the gap in our lives so that we can see the power of a positive no actually benefit us. Is that okay? A big part of this is the ability to listen. Someone may want to say no, and maybe you're wired this way, I I don't know, but maybe you just refuse to accept a no. I, I actually feel that we need to listen more. As, as Christians, listen to the cries of people around about us and maybe to listen to the Holy Spirit as, as he directs us in the conversations that we have with people. Because he's the one that knows those people that we're talking to more intimately than we ever will. He knows them better than they know themselves. And sometimes we need to just allow him to talk to us in those moments and say, God, what are you saying about this conversation that's going on? You can say this in your head. I've done this. But how do, how do I uh, let this person off the hook? How do, how do I um, actually say no for them? And it's because we love them that we do. It's because we care about them that we do. We say no for them. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your people today. I pray that we would start to notice people more, that we would listen to people more, and that we would love people more. Heavenly Father, give us the ability to no longer just accommodate things or attack people or avoid the issues, but have the courage of our conviction to sometimes say no, but to say it well. Help us to prepare ourselves for next Sunday even, when we learn the skill, the ability to say no really well. Father, I ask you to, to do that this morning in your wonderful name. I thank you for the wonderful sense of peace that's in this place this morning. I thank you, Lord, that we as a church, as a body of believers, are going to say no to an unrighteous law in our land. There are other things that are likely to be heralded by our 
government officials in this coming year. And I ask you all, Father, to, to give us all that, that ability to say no, but to say it well. That our voice would be heard. And that we would protect those relationships that we want. We pray for our government leaders this morning. We pray for your peace. We pray for your wisdom. We pray for your understanding. We pray for the conviction of the Holy Spirit to be upon them. Help us to love them no matter which party they come from. It's not about the party. It's about the person and the convictions that drive the person. Help us, Lord. We've heard some great God stories this morning. Help us to remember those and to share those with people around about us. About God giving us the desire to study in a place that we've desired to. About being healed of of a life-threatening disease, a terminal illness. We've heard those stories today. You are a great God. You are an awesome God. You are an amazing God. Father, I thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in and amongst us today. Father, I thank you for what you're doing this week in us. In Jesus' wonderful name.